So, in James chapter 1, it says, James, a bondservant of God, chapter 1, verse 1, sorry. James, a, a bondservant of God, of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes who are dispersed abroad, greetings, consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance, and let endurance have its perfect result, so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. And so, really what he talks about there in James chapter 1, uh, verses 1 through 4, is that, is that the trials, how important and how valuable those trials are to us. That doesn't make them fun. That's not what I'm saying. Don't, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. But trials do come. And with those things, with trials, as it says there, it's a testing of our faith. Well, who likes to be tested? Well, you know, part of us maybe, but the easy part of us, we don't like that. Why? Well, because it's hard. It's like getting up, waking up early before work to study your Bible or to go for a walk or do whatever it is. It's easier to sleep in. It's harder to get up and do that. And so why? Well, because it's better for you. You know what I mean? Heart health, everything else, clear your mind. It's also therapeutic in a lot of ways. And so and, and so he says, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. Oh, wait a second. Mm-hmm. Now, let endurance have its perfect result. Now, some of you may not know this about me because I'm not built like a runner. I'm <laughs> built more like, uh, as my dad said, we're built for moving things. Okay? I'm not built for running. But one of the things that I learned, I, you know, I did a lot of endurance running because at one point I thought I wanted to do that. And then I just realized genetically, you know, you can do a lot, but you just can't run away from your genetics, right? <laughs> at least I couldn't, you know. And there would be several times I'd be in these long races, you know, sometimes 10 miles or sometimes 13. I've done a couple half marathons. And here I'd be just barely making it, surviving, my, losing, losing feeling in my fingers and all kinds of stuff. I mean, I'm just thinking, why am I doing this? You know what I mean? And, and here comes along this, you know, it was, it was hilarious. Here comes along this, and it could be either or a 55-year-old woman or a 55-year-old man just trucking right along and just going right past me. And I remember thinking, that's not right. Why? <laughs> I, you know, at the time I was like 25 years old. I'm like, how in the world is that even possible? I can't even, you know, and I remember telling my dad, I'm like, dad, what is that all about? And he was telling me, he's like, son, that's endurance. He goes, they've been doing it for 30 or 40 years, some of them. He goes, they got more miles than, than you could ever imagine. And so they've built up endurance. And so we can too, we can build up endurance. It taught me something. And you know, you don't build endurance overnight. You don't hope to have endurance and then you get it. You got to work through it. And so in order for us to be able to, to have endurance, and, and, and as the scripture says there, that in order for us to achieve spiritual endurance in our lives, we got to go through some difficult things, don't we? Mm-hmm. We got to go through a time where you go, well, what does it mean to, to stick it out? What does it mean to, to stay um, focused on the Lord? And doesn't mean that there's not ups and downs, right, and so on and so forth. There's always hills and valleys. Um, but we got to remember that, you know, endurance is keeping that one foot going and just keep 
you keep on trucking, right? You keep on rolling. And, and that's the, that's the difficult part, right? Because trials are hard and spiritual trials and those kind of things. But it says there also in verse four, let endurance have its perfect results so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Now, my version of perfect and complete and yours are two different things. Hopefully everybody understands that. See, the, 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 the line or the person that defines perfect or complete is not me. It's not your pastor. It's not, it's not anyone else. It's the Lord. And your version of perfect and complete, or what we could say complete, your version and my version of complete are two different things. You go, well, what do you mean? Well, they are similar in the fashion that God has said that he's done. You're, you're complete. But your completion and my completion look like two different things. He's called us to two different walks. He's called us to he's called us to different lives. He's called us to different trials. He's called us to different things. And so, you know, our everybody. So, using somebody else as your standard of comparison, other than Christ, right? Using somebody else that you know is saying, "Well, they got it so much better. They got it so much easier." That's not how it works. You don't do that because. The standard and rule of measure is Jesus Christ. Does that make sense? So, if we let endurance have its perfect result, God's work is completed in us. Oh, man. So, that means, guess what? You're going to wander for 40 years in the desert, right? Sometimes. And sometimes we're going to go through some challenging things. And so... And today's day and age is such a challenge. And this world and the climate that we're living in is absolutely um, where we're at. You know, it, it is definitely one of those things you're like, well, you know, what do you do? You, you just come home sometimes and, you know, so you got to find yourself finding um, things for people to do. I, you know, I've seen people at stores with ventilators. I mean, not ventilators, but uh, respirators. And they got the dual cartridge respirators. They got gloves on. They got um, goggles over their over their regular specs. And and I'm like, wow, you know, you know. Obviously, you look at that and you go, there are germs out there. There there are potential exposures that can take place and will take place. That's truth. And and, and the reality of it is, you know, if you limit your contact with people, you will limit uh, the amount of exposure you have. That is true. But the thing that I look at, from my perspective, is when I see people like that. I saw a whole family last night went by Target, a whole family, and they couldn't have been older than mid-30s. And the mom, dad, and two kids that they had, um, had uh, masks on and gloves. And I thought, wow, well, you know, being prepared, and you know, there's nothing wrong with that. But I thought, it's made it down to that level, you know, that, that the whole family is, is being prepared and is being cautious. And, and I just think of these things and I'm like, my goodness, it's just, it's on everybody's mind. It's on everybody's, it, it's in the forefront of their minds. And so in first Peter chapter one,
In verse 1, it says, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who reside as aliens. And we're at 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 1. Okay. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who reside as aliens scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, Bithynia, who are chosen, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, by the sanctifying work of the Spirit, to obey Jesus Christ, be sprinkled with his blood, may grace and peace be yours in the fullest measure. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to obtain, obtain an inheritance which is imperishable and undefiled and will not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, who are protected by the power of God through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, even though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been distressed by various trials. So that the proof of your faith, being more precious than gold, which is perishable, even though tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And though you have not seen him, you love him. And though you do not see him now, but believe in him, you greatly rejoice with joy inexpressible, full of glory. Obtaining as the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. You know... Obviously, it's good scripture, right? I mean, it's, it's scripture that, that really hits home. And so, in other words, it, it really gives us an idea that though we may be going through the fire and though we may be, be going through a trial and, and difficult times, there is a reason behind us going through those things. Giving up is not an option, right? Giving in to the flesh is not an option. Giving in to Satan and and the and and the, the absolute destruction of this world is is not an option. In other words, we have purpose and we have reason. And so you look at that, and he says, "Listen, stay faithful." It doesn't mean, hey, like I said, just with with James chapter one, it doesn't mean that we don't have hills and valleys, right? There are times when we're pretty low and we're looking around and 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 it's bleak. You know, you're looking around and going, "I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this. This is this is too tough." And you sit back and you go, "Man, you know what?" But you keep putting that one foot in front of the other. You keep driving, you keep moving, and you keep spiritually progressing in the Lord. There's sometimes in those in those valleys when we're in the in in the low spot that you know what the study's not real good, the prayer's not real good, but you do it anyways because you know it's right. It's like taking your medicine, you know. You take your medicine because you know it's the right thing to do. And guess what? If you continue to put that one foot in front of the other, like this time, the times that we're in right now. You, if we continue to do what it is, it's not a, it's not real fun right now. You look around, it's like, you know, our economy stopped and everything's kind of, you know, at a halt. And you're like, man, this is kind of not fun. But you know what? You keep, keep putting our faith in the Lord. Keep putting the Lord first. Keep doing these things. Keep praying for our nation. Praying for, for, for like we talked about at the beginning of this, is you know, praying for the people that, that fit the category, you know, the 65 or older and the immune compromised and the, the part of our, um, our, our nation that, that is of deepest concern, you know, keep them in prayer. And now what we as Christians be, can do is also demonstrate this so that we can also be witnesses to folks too. Mm-hmm. You know, we look at this and go, well, wait a minute. First Peter talks about, look, the outcome of all these things 
that my faith that the Lord is in charge, it produces eternal salvation. It produces, and, and really the, the, the goal and driver of all this is that we continue to, to do this because the Lord has promised us the outcome. He started told us that he wins. You know, so you're like, oh man, it's kind of hard sometimes when we look at this. And so the proof of our faith through fire, more precious than gold, produces praise and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. These are my notes. And it says the outcome of our faith is the salvation of our souls. You know, I, 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 I have a saying that it, it pains me sometimes to say it because of how true it is, but character is forged in the fires of adversity. You understand? So, it, and it is. It is something that is, it's a challenge, but our true character as character as Christians is forged in the fire when times are not good. <laughs> we show people who we are and character is forged in the fires of adversity. And, and that's the truth. Uh, why? Because when times are easy, I can tell you anything I want, right? I can just tell you how good it is and how blessed I am when, when, when I got a, you know, a $2,000 check, you know, that just came in the mail or whatever it is. I can tell you how good it is. But then when I didn't spend it properly and, and maybe, you know, something like that happened, you go, oh, oh is God still good? <laughs> yeah. It's harder to say God's still good. Or a bill comes out of nowhere and you got to pay that bill. Ooh, the real challenge is it's still saying God is good all the time, right? And you're like, uh-oh, does it feel like he is? Sometimes we need to tell ourselves to believe it so. You know, at least I do. <laughs> In Mark chapter 4, I can't remember. It hasn't been that long. It was a couple weeks ago. I was talking to, uh, I think it's Brother Chad. Might have been Brother Dara too. At the end of the chapter here, in verse thirty-five, in Mark chapter four. It says on that day. When evening came, he said to them, let, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd, they took him along with them in the boat, just as he was, and the boats were with him. And there arose a fierce gale wind, and the waves were breaking over the boat so much that the boat was already filling up. <clears throat> Jesus himself was in the stern asleep on the cushion. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we're perishing? And he got up and rebuked the wind and the sea, Hush, be still. And the wind died down and it became perfectly calm. And he said to them, Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? And they became very much afraid and said to one another, Who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? You know, I've given that a lot of thought. And I was thinking about this. Is that one, it obviously is a testimony of, of how powerful Jesus is, right? Because he did. He rebuked the wind and the waves, and it went, and it went still. But there's a lesson for his disciples, and I think there's a lesson in there for all of us, really, when you look at that. You see, Jesus had already set the destination. 
So we're going to the other side. Right? So, you know, as you know, we're going to the other side. So he was so comfortable with them and the destination already being set. He says, I'm going to go, I'm going to go in and lay down. Now he went in and laid down. He went in and laid down on a cushion. So he didn't lay down. It's not like he fell asleep, like he was in the middle of doing something. He went down, found a bed and went to sleep. The destination was already set. He didn't say nothing, nor did he warn, did he think to tell the guys, Hey, it may get a little rocky on our way over there. It didn't bother him. See, you see his disciples, they're like, man, hey, we're perishing. This is it. It's all, it's all over. And then you have, the, you have the Savior of mankind asleep. He's like, hey, I already told you the, def, the, the destination. I already know where we're going. Their lack of faith was not understanding that the impending danger that was real the trial that was set before them, they got fixated on the trial. They got fixated on the storm that they felt was going to overtake them that they had already forgot that Jesus had already told them where they were going. Does that sound familiar? <laughs> At least it does in my life. I know it does. That you're like, oh man, you know, how often do I do those kind of things where it's like, you know, God's already told me the outcome. He's going to take care of me. But yet, when the storm comes and it presents itself, and we fixate on that. We fixate on that storm. We fixate on that trial. We, we have a tendency to lose sight of the fact that he's already set the destination. He's already know where you're going. Don't worry about it. I didn't say it'd be easy. <laughs> right? Sometimes there's calm water. Sometimes there's rocky water. Where it's, and, and I can tell you right now, I've been, I've been on a boat that broke down. Brother Matt can attest to, I'm pretty, uh, I'm pretty quick to sound the alarm. I was on a boat in Lake Isabella, and it was early afternoon, and, and the motor broke down. It was my father-in-law's boat. And if, any, if you know anything about Lake Isabella, and every afternoon, the winds kick up. Well, it's known to capsize small boats. We happen to be in a small boat, okay? And now my father-in-law is an accomplished mechanic who owns his own business, to which I'm very grateful for. But it still was very unnerving <laughs> when we're in the middle of the lake and the pull cord to start the motor come clean out of the motor. I was waving other boats down. <laughs> they thought it was funny. He eventually got it fixed and we got to shore, but... I wasn't taking any chances. So I, I, I guess my point is, is that I'm more of a kindred spirit to those disciples than I, than, than I realize sometimes. I'm like, man, I'm, I'm quick to say, hey, I got a problem. <laughs> um, he gives peace. Christ gives us peace to sleep through the storm. To the conference. Conference. Got to mute it. Okay. Sorry about that. We had a little technical difficulty. So in Romans chapter 8, turn it off. Turn it off. Go to Romans chapter 8. Go to your room. If you want to keep it on or shut it off. 
Okay, near the end of the chapter there, in Romans chapter 8 and verse 35, it says, Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril, peril <clears throat> sorry, or sword? Just as it is written, for your sake we are being put to death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. But in all these things, we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us. For I'm convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So, I mean, the fact that today, right? Look what we're doing today. Um... We're doing something online, you know. We're 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 doing a we're doing an online meeting, and so this is a testimony of of what it takes for us to be able to say, "Hey, nothing's going to be able to separate us from the love of Christ." Now you go, well, that's on a collective scale, but also on a individual scale too, right? Is that you go, you know, did you read your Bible today? Did you pray? You know, I hope that all of us are, have a a disciplined approach to, to serving our God. In other words, you pray every day and you study your Bible every day. You, you read, right? You read you read His Word, and I think that's important for us to be able to do. It's important for all of us to have that um, to have that discipline in our lives. And so, what He's teaching us here is that what will separate us. Hmm. You know, unfortunately, sometimes the only thing that separates us is our appetite. We get grumpy if we haven't eaten yet. <laughs> right? And I'm not talking about people that have medical conditions like hypoglycemia and all that other kind of stuff because I don't have that issue. But I do get temperamental if I haven't eaten, you know, if I go too much past lunchtime, right? And then we have, or when our favorite restaurant's closed, right? Oh, my favorite restaurant's closed or whatever it is, right? Or they're out of stock of this or that. We can we can become derailed from our intended purpose and, and, and objective uh, of putting God first in our life really, really easily sometimes and, and with some really trivial kind of things. And so, you know, what will separate us? And what he's talking about here in Romans chapter 8 is real stuff. He's talking about the real stuff. He's talking about stuff that's it, tribulation, distress, uh, persecution, famine, um, all those things that he, that he mentions right there. All those things are, are legitimate perils. They're legitimate challenges. And we all have our own legitimate challenges in our own life. Uh, so we just have to understand and recognize those things is that, you know, instead of allowing those things to define us, instead of allowing those things to cause us to go into a depressed hole, if you will, that those are the things that we shed and then as we continue to put the Lord first in our minds, hearts, and lives, those things become part of our testimony. And not of the things that define us, but they become the testimony that, that show who God really is and through us. That's one of the most beautiful things that God does with his people, I think, is that, is that he can, you know, life can, can throw some really wicked curveballs at us, some really challenging things. But when you can see mankind and when you can see 
a man or a woman, somebody that is a faithful member and servant of the Lord, that, that when they overcome those things and they are able to give God the glory, it's so inspiring. It, it, it is something that is, is absolutely beautiful and is that, that gives people hope. You know, it, it gives people something to, to hang on to. And you go, man, okay, if you can do it, I can do it. Especially if they see, if they take a look at you and you go, you're just a regular person like me, which we all are. You know, there's nothing special in all of us. Even his disciples. That's one of the things I love. I love about his disciples. You look at that, you know, like we read in Mark chapter 4 there. You look at that and you go, man, they, they were walking and talking with Jesus. You would think they'd get that figured out. No, they're just like you and me. They're thick-headed, just like us. They got problems. They, their flesh is, is, is just as real, was just as real as yours and mine. They have the same issues and challenges that we have. Mm-hmm. And, and you go, man, I, and I appreciate that about them. And so, you know, what are we going to allow to separate us? And so the answer, obviously, is nothing. But how do we do that? It's deliberate interaction. So, listen, as we continue through this week, right, because this is the first day of the week, Go with me to the 23rd Psalm. It's an oldie but a goodie, right? Like I like to say it. The 23rd Psalm, and someone actually had, uh, I'm on a, a, a group text. Brother Chad sent me a bunch of group texts. He does a really good job every day. And then, <clears throat> and then had some others. But in the 23rd Psalm, <clears throat> oh, what I was going to say, as we go through this, before I read, before we go, listen, you're going to watch the news, right? We're all going to watch the news. Well, I, me, personally, you know, you just got to be careful which ones you, you, you look for. What I will recommend, if you want to know numbers and things like that, you know, watch the, watch the presidential update on the coronavirus task force, okay, as you go through those things. That is straight from the horse's mouth, if you will. He's got a panel of people that, that talks about a lot of good stuff. Now, from there, be cautious. I don't care if it's Fox News. I don't care if it's CNN. I don't care which news organization it is. You've got to use your own brain on all this stuff, okay? You've got to be able to decipher those things because both of those organizations, Fox News and CNN or MSNBC, they'll all lie to you. They all are trying to sell ratings, okay? So just tether that. Also, pray every day, right? We need to be praying every day. And, and we need to remember that God is in charge. Okay, I'm, I'm saying this because there's so many things. We're, we're inundated with all it. it. There isn't a TV station that isn't covering it. There isn't. And, and understand that there is real concern and real worry for people out there. And so, but, but we have the Lord. Okay, and that's one of the things that, that I want to bring up. And when I talked about it last week is that, look, our God is bigger than any virus. Our God is bigger. This is not going to be the end of mankind. You know, this isn't how the Lord returns. You understand? Now, I won't argue the fact that he may not be trying to get the attention of some folks. Amen. I'll never rule that out. Because I think that may be a likely poss- a possibility. But this is not how the Lord returns. You know? And so... The 23rd Psalm says, The Lord is my shepherd, verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. 
He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. These are the kind of scriptures that you're going to want to repeat to yourself. Go back through the week and read these things. Because listen, I, I, you know, I can tell you right now, if you only pay attention to the news articles, and if we only, if we only pay attention to, to the news that runs and runs and runs, what happens is, and, and I know because it's, it's happened to me, what happens is, is we, we end up anxious. We end up worried. Now, we talked about it last week. I'm a, I'm a big proponent of, of being cautious. And being, being, well, obviously, if I wasn't, we would, you know, we wouldn't be doing what we're doing today, right? So, but there is a difference of having healthy concern versus panic and, and anxiety. Mm-hmm. So you gotta, we gotta, we gotta make sure that we control that. And one of the best ways to control that, two best ways, is prayer and study of His Word. Prayer and study; those things will tether. You know our our anxiety. They'll cause us to calm down because then we can focus on His Word and we can focus on His message and the things that He set aside on those things, and not focus on all those things, all the things that are going on in the in the country. And so, just stay focused this week. I pray that you get the opportunity to be a good witness uh, to some folks and 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 you know be a testimony of who Jesus Christ is. Remember all that he's done for us. And he's going to get us through this, folks. You know what I mean? He's, he's going to take care of us. Don't forget, he's already set the destination. The destination's already been set. We're going to the other side of the lake, okay? We, we got, we're going somewhere. We're in the boat with Christ. We're going somewhere. He's already got it set. It's a little rocky right now, <laughs> all right? Don't lose sight of that. The destination's already set. Mm-hmm. And that is it for this morning. Hope you all have a good day, good rest of the week. And, you know, if there's, if, there, if you need anything, feel free to reach out. And uh, we'll be praying for everybody. Everybody prays for one another, too. See you guys. Bye, guys. Oh, and we have adult, adult class starting in, I think, 10 minutes, 15 minutes. All right, love you guys. Bye. All right, we'll see you guys. Bye. Bye. Oh, I didn't do that right. (laughs) What is that? Oh.